Now, I realized something else was about to happen. Late on Friday night, the phone rang. I answered, but no one replied. Then Judy's phone rang. The person wanted to take my precious time on Saturday afternoon. Crashing into my time, my space, my precious Saturday afternoon. I felt swamped by the worries and cares of life, and my time was shaken. Being me, I went into a bit of a meltdown, and as Judy says, started to throw my towards that Rather than turn to God for help, how to work out what was best, how to gather thoughts together for today, how not to panic, Judy advised, I read more hours than scripture hours talking about. I we had a lovely afternoon yesterday with our friends. And God gave me time of refreshment and insight. Mine was a story of teacup, as we say. But we all have some stories of various magnitudes in our lives. I think the jewel of well, you know, I'll leave that to God. But when we get to know God and spend time with Him, we know He is there to guide us. But in our time of need, parenting, marriage, work, relationships, we can forget to turn to In Luke, this incident took place on the Sea of Galilee. This is now all in Mac. I'll just give you a bit of a job here. It is the deepest threshold to make in the world. It, yeah, it's the deepest threshold to make in the world. It's 700 feet below the sea level. So the Mediterranean is like there, and this, the, 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 the sea of Galilee is there. The only sea that's below it is the Dead Sea, and they are both connected by the Jordan River. You can actually put the, the post office tower that you see in Rome, you can put that on the surface of the lake, and add 200 foot to that, and still just be on the sea of the Mediterranean. The, <coughs> the Sea of Galilee is deep below sea level and the deepest threshold, but it is a challenge compared to, for example, to probably tell to locks and stuff. Its surface is easily looked up. So if I had a source here now, and if I had a bit there and walked it, and I slowly walk around to say, say you are. You know, and they would bring from the water. Where do you think, which one do you think would get most active in the vibration of the water to the ocean? Which one would ask for the most water? The source of the water. And so that's the same thing with the Sea of Galilee. The rings are all the hills around us. Land. You know, so what happens is that when the winds come down, they quickly lift up the storm right in the center of the waves in a lake like this size get up to 20 feet high. So, you know, it, it is when we're thinking of the disciples uh, in, in the scriptures, we know that they're working very, very much so. Yet, around this area is where Jesus started his ministry. It's where Jesus 
was baptized and was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. Mm. An occasion where the heavens were torn open and the Spirit descended into Jesus' life. And from where he restarted his heavens to preaching good news. He lived in Capernaum on the banks of the lake. As he walked beside the sea of Galilee, the book of Mark tells us that he met Andrew and Simon and Peter. And going through a lodging with James and John. And he actually turned around to them and said, I will make you fishes right now. He fed 5,000 people on the shores and possibly countless souls that were in the children. He walked over the water to his disciples who were laboring in a boat against a strong tide, a strong wind. Jesus performed many miracles, cast out many demons. And preached to many on these shores. Sometimes having to use a boat to stop the house from passing. And he appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, providing them with breakfast on the next shores. And of course, he calmed the storm. We go back to our theme as we on the passage. The boat is the boat is swamped. They're about to drown, and Jesus calms the storm. In the Old Testament, it's the only God, it's only God that has any authority over nature. So when you decide to see them, it's actually just rebuke them, and rebuke the waves, rebuke the wind, and it stops. It's not the way to see. It's hard part of They are the nature's. Perhaps I've actually heard people like the to try to stop the waves actually coming in. I've just heard the news. King Knut. Yeah, King Knut was a medieval Saxon king, and he went up actually uh, the shores of, I think it was uh, the, the, the North Sea, and he was there on his road, and he actually commanded the waves to stop coming in, or the tide to stop coming in. <laughs> and then, um, of course, the other thing is, and it's quite tragic, uh, the, the, the ship Titanic was called to be in We all know what the uh, history tells us. But Jesus is actually demonstrating his defense, his divinity, to everyone who's now, strange as it sounds, there is a power to come in the soul in the, here in the New Testament. Um, we come in the soul in the Old Testament, in the book of Jonah. Both set sail in a boat. Jonah escaping into Tarshish, Jesus escaping into Paradise. Both are pointing the soul in the both are found to see. Both are accompanied by frightened saints. Both groups call on the Lord for deliverance. Both are instrumental in bringing that great calm. And the saints are both of us. This is the word we know about the plan. Now, Jeremy is a prophet of God who was asked by God to speak the word of God to the Ninevites. The Ninevites were Syrians. The Syrians were Gentiles. Jonah had a thing about that. He didn't want to do that. 
Terry ran away to Russia, he was followed by him there, and then he had a second chance to go in, and within 14 days he converted and then he left. He was upset to the hilt about doing that. So he actually sort of sat there and sold on the tree until God revealed to him that yes, he wanted in the past to hear the word of God. So there's a difference between that and Jesus. Jesus preached the Jews and commanded his disciples to spread the word of God to all nations. From the disciples' point of view, what does the storm mean today? This picture is, like, it's not quite so clear, but the picture is a Rembrandt picture. And it shows the coming of the storm. And then, <coughs> to the disciples, from the disciples' point of view, what the storm meant to them is that when Jesus was asleep and the sudden storm came up, the waters were swamping about. They were in incredible danger. Jesus sleeps, it's like he's asked. And it strikes fear into the hearts of the disciples. The disciples fear that they are both in great danger and are about to drown. The storm rages. I will forget the picture. Incidentally, that picture had uh, was stolen in 1990 from a museum in Boston, uh, America. It's not being posted, so if you ever see a picture like that hanging in the storm rages, and the waves of panic can go over the side as the rock will happen to Can you imagine? I mean, even that very small storm in the teeth that I had yesterday, you know, and I, oh, why am I going up there? You know, I'm going to do all of this. That is a storm. You Jesus waves in the air, the storm waves wave back from over the sun. They're they are down to the world they are. They're down to their salvation, they're down to the world and Jesus is coming away from the world. Master, Master, we go to We're going to drown. Jesus awakes and rebukes the wind and the waves and the storm stops. There is a shocking to the disciples and the disciples know that according to the Old Testament, God alone has the power over creation. They wonder, who is this? Jesus has revealed his divinity to that all amazement. He puts down Satan with his son's doubt and strips him of his power to persuade. Jesus said to his disciples, Where is
there are examples where a car drivers are glad that everybody else on the road has taken a car test and found to be roadworthy. Although sometimes I'm really down that. Ultimately, he got through 
store times. Now also, another type of store that we have is those that are self-inflicted, you know, bad choices that we can make. Often it's said, you know, we have wrong people, we have the wrong time, we've got the wrong places, the perfect store in order to make bad decisions. So being a Christian really helps me, or helped me in that, and make more of the right choices. But not exclusively, so I continue to make mistakes, and I'm sure I always will, but with God's help, we live these to as few instances as possible. There are also storms that just happen in different stages of our lives. You know, this could be chronic or critical health issues, relationships, teenagers. So speaking from experience, I've got three teenage children and young adults. Um, there could be issues at work. So for me, that's quite relevant right now, where I've very recently had a forced change evolve. Just come out of the group uh, and not something I wish for or welcomed, but something that uh, I do have to deal with. It's part of the big changes uh, that the company I work for is looking at a new location, maybe to a uh, place outside the country, uh, which is probably about 20 miles from the current site. They're looking to create a super site. So, what the, the idea of that? is to bring 600 people from three different sites in one location. You know, that's going to be, it's great for the company because obviously the shared resources will be reduced there, looking for the next generation of uh, aircraft components as well. And, you know, they're looking to reduce their footprints, you know, regards their force space and sell lots of land and make lots of money. So I can understand what the company's looking to do and why they're looking to do it. But for 600 people, there's going to be some insecurities, some storms, you know, some welcome change because they may live down that part of the Midlands. And some may be happy with the new technology side of things and get involved in that. But there's some of a certain age, which I'm not one yet, who look forward to maybe taking their own retirement and use that opportunity just to make the choices for themselves. You know, so a lot of the people will be worried and, you know, it's not the ideal um, opportunities maybe for a lot of us there, but, you know, we, we do need to make the best of these things that happen. But with some time to reflect on this, for me, what happened for a year or two that this, that this will happen, then I'm thinking, what's the worst? That can happen. And that thought has meant that no matter what happens at work, I realise there's many more things that's more important around me than what happens at work. And so, in faith, I will carry on, I will carry on the plans that I've already decided or decided to make. And, you know, look to God for that support. But another type of storm is when we go through storms. We're in the right place, at the right time, with the right people, and following what God has called us to do. And that's what we've seen with the disciples in the boat. They were with Jesus and with other followers. They were following Jesus' instructions 
they were learning directly from Jesus, Jesus, and yet they were restored and going through a test in their faith. So, disciples today, are we guaranteed cut waters by becoming a Christian? Absolutely not. You know, through our times of trials that our faith is tested and built up into something that will last us a lifetime and enable us to help others because of what we have endured. There have been times I've felt like being trapped in a dark tunnel and can't see the light or any good at the end of the tunnel. These are the times where I do get overwhelmed and prone to lash out at those closest to me. So when storms come in our lives, it can reveal things that are buried in the past, or we thought we'd done it, dusted, and dealt with, but can come back and bite us. It's great to have uh, George Robinson here today.